You're listening to Rama for Today. You see, God wants us to grow. And the Bible teaches that there is a striking similarity between spiritual development and physical development. It speaks of at least three stages in spiritual development which correspond to three stages in physical development. They are babyhood, childhood, and manhood. Welcome to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. This week we're going to start a new teaching from the Rama Archives by Kenneth E. Hagan, Growing Up Spiritually. This will be a great week of teaching. Also, later in today's program, I'll tell you about this month's special radio offer. Right now, here's Kenneth E. Hagan with today's message. I'd like to direct your attention today to Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to read verse 8 first, and then verses 11 through 15. That's Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8, and then verses 11 through 15. When he, Christ, ascended up on high, he led captivity captive, and gave gifts unto men. And he gave some apostles, and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the sight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Now, evidently, Paul didn't consider the church at Ephesus to be grown up yet. Did you notice he said, but speaking the truth in love may grow up. And he went on to say, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. Now, this is the King James translation that I've read. I think when it says perfect, that our minds tend to run off on a little tangent and we miss what he's saying to us. Moffat's translation reads, until we reach maturity. The Amplified Translation says that we might arrive at really mature manhood. You see, friends, Paul is talking about growing up to be a man or a mature person spiritually. He went on to say that we henceforth be no more children. He's talking about growing up spiritually, about reaching spiritual maturity, about becoming a full-grown man spiritually. You see, God wants us to grow. And the Bible teaches that there is a striking similarity between spiritual development and physical development. It speaks of at least three stages in spiritual development which correspond to three stages in physical development. They are babyhood, childhood, and manhood. Now, as we look at them in just that order and notice subdivisions under each one, you'll find that some of the characteristics true of each stage of natural development 
are also true of the corresponding spiritual stains. And I believe that somewhere we can locate ourselves. Now let's turn to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2. Peter here says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. Now here Peter, uh, in the Bible, speaks about Christians being newborn babes. No one is born a full-grown human naturally and physically. They're born babies, and then they grow up. So it's true also that similarly, no one is born a full-grown Christian. You're born a spiritual babe, and then you grow up. Now, there's a whole sermon in just that fact. We're going, friends, to be held accountable for the spiritual babies born into the family of God around our altars and in our churches. I pastored nearly 12 years, and really you don't expect too much out of babies because they can't do too much for themselves. Someone else, though, can do something for them. Too many times someone saved on Sunday night, and if they make a mistake before Wednesday night, everyone in the church knows it and is already fussing about it. They expect him to be living by Wednesday night or the next Sunday just as good a Christian life as they do when it took them years to get to where they are. I remember a number of years ago I held a two-week meeting for a particular minister. We were scheduled to go longer, but I just cut the meeting off, closed it, and, and left. The crowds were coming. The auditorium that was quite large was filled, uh, comfortably full every night, and at times just running over. People were responding. We were really having what we call evangelistic services. I was doing a lot of teaching, praying for the sick. Yet on Saturday night, because we had services every night, when I gave the invitation first for people to be saved, I remember that 33 adults came for salvation. They stood across the front as I prayed with them and led them in prayer. And then I sent them back to the prayer room where others would pray with them while I went on ministering to the sick, laying hands upon the sick for healing. Now, the thing that so impressed me about this service was that of the 33 who came for salvation, so many were young married couples who looked to be between the ages of 25 to 32. Now, I learned later that not one of the group had ever been a Christian. Not one was a member of any church. They weren't backsliders or rehashes. They were brand new converts. Now, I asked the pastor after the service about these young people. He said, none of the 33, you know, as we talked to the one over the prayer room, none of the 33, uh, or particularly these young couples among the 33, none of them that they knew. And uh, so I said, well, he said, actually, I don't know one of them. They've never been to this church before. So I said to him, because I was depending on them to do it. It was their church. Did you get their names and addresses? He said, oh, brother, I just figure if they got anything, they'll be back. You don't have to worry about them. I said immediately to him, I'm closing the meeting tomorrow night. Because, see, I saw he's going to lose all the results we got. You see, people are born babies. They need to be seen about. I said to this pastor, because, you see, his daughter during that meeting and uh, son-in-law had a new baby, a grandson. See, to this pastor. 
and I knew that they had come home during the meeting from the hospital to home. And I said to him, now what if you went over to your daughter and son-in-law's house to visit to see your grandson? So you went over there. And uh, you looked around and said, well, well, where's the grandson? They said, oh, well, we figured that if he's alive, if he's a human being, he'll be in after a while. Well, you see, no, they had to carry him home. They had to take care of him. And so it is with newborn babes. Friend, people are born babies. They need to be seen about. Now, these people that I spoke to you about had never been to that church before. They had never heard any full gospel preaching before. They needed to be followed up and prayed with, talked to, and dealt with, because, see, they were newborn babies. I remember on another occasion that I held a meeting in a certain city for a pastor who had cooperated with a large uh, meeting, citywide meeting, where a healing evangelist had been there some time before. And I remember this pastor said to me, I'm never going to cooperate with another one of these citywide meetings. Never another one. Why? I asked him. Well, he said, I didn't get a person out of it. Not one. Not a member. I didn't, it didn't do me a bit of good in the world. It didn't, I asked. He said, no. I asked him, did you get cards on any of the folks who came to the altar? Oh, yes, he said, they gave me some cards, but none of them ever showed up. Well, I was talking to another pastor in the same town about the same meeting, and he said, we've got 29 new members out of that meeting. I wish, talking about the vandalist, that he'd come back, see several new families. How'd you get them, I asked. How did they happen to come to your church? He said, oh, they didn't know anything about our church. I got the cards on some of them and visited them. I didn't just encourage them to come to our church. But he said, I insisted that they get in some good full gospel church and go on with God, and some of them came to ours. Well, you see, friends, we are responsible for babies. Babies don't know. Babies can't do for themselves. A newborn baby in the natural can't do much. He doesn't walk yet. He doesn't dress himself. In fact, he doesn't do anything for himself. About all he does is eat, and about all he eats is milk. Spiritually, they are newborn babes. And if they get the sincere milk of the word, they will grow thereby. Now, let's look at some of the stages of development in the babyhood stage. Take up the babyhood stage of development. First of all, both naturally and spiritually, is innocence. The first thing that attracts you to a baby is its innocence. People say, you sweet little innocent thing. You know, friends, no one thinks of a baby as having a past because it doesn't have one. Do you know something? If you are a newborn babe in Christ, you don't have any past. You may have been as mean as the devil. You may have been the worst wretch that ever walked. But no matter how you've lived, when you're born again, you become a new man in Christ Jesus, and you don't have any past, God looks at you as an innocent babe. Let's look at this remarkable verse of Scripture here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. The margin says a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Now, even though innocence belongs to the babyhood state of Christianity, it is one characteristic we should never outgrow. We should maintain this state of innocence for the simple reason that if we don't, we will fall under the condemnation of the devil and be defeated in spiritual life. 
A new convert is simple, full of faith, ready and willing to learn. We should always, friends, maintain a spiritual or a teachable spirit, I should say. Yet sometimes when we grow older, we sort of come to the place where we have a know-it-all attitude. A you-can't-tell-me-anything attitude. Now those people, no one can help, including God himself. You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagen. Now, let's join Ken and Lynette Hagen. Yes. You know what? We have got a great offer this month. Yes, it is. Uh, it is an offer, normally thirteen ninety-five. Right. Ten dollars. Your book. It's your move. Yes. And you know it's important that when God gives us the decision, it's then we, I, then we have to move. We have. We to move. have to move. Yeah. And that book will tell you about it. And then and one of Dad's best CDs yes. right here. Uh, it's. Uh, how to train the human spirit. Yes. And many people say this is one of the best things they ever got a hold of. There are four principles, he says, that we need the importance of meditating on the Word, the importance of practicing the Word, what it means to give the Word first place, and why you can trust the voice of your spirit. So uh, this is how to develop God speaking to your own human spirit. It's a great, great CD. CD. Yes, that's right. And in this book, it's your move. It, this is a really good book, even if I'm the one that did preach. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and so that offer normally thirteen ninety five for ten dollars, both the CD and the book. These two resources are for the discounted price of ten dollars. That's nine ninety five in savings. Call toll free one eight 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 Faith ninety nine. Again, call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. You can also order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Rhema.org. If you prefer to write to Kenneth Hagen Ministries, our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. We always love to hear from our listeners, so write in or email us today and become a part of Rama for Today. Tomorrow, more from Kenneth E. Hagen on growing up spiritually. Thanks for listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagen.